Hi, everybody. Welcome to the Don't Miss This Podcast, a Come Follow Me study with Emily Bell Freeman and David Butler. We fill this show up with all the things we think you don't want to miss in the scriptures every week. Thanks for listening. We hope you enjoy the show. Hi there, everybody. I'm Dave Butler. I'm Emily Freeman. And I'm Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to Don't Miss This. If you are listening instead of watching, you miss the walk-up of all three of us. I tried to start with a walk-up song and... Vetoed. I got vetoed. But next week... Grace vetoed it. So, so good thing gonna, we have Grace. So it's going to be fine. This is Don't Miss This. It is our scripture study podcast. This year we're in the New Testament. We're at the very end of the book of Acts. We're so... Um, Excited to jump into the stories today because they're super rad. But I thought you were going to say we were so sad. About I did too. Well, listen, <laughs> that's what I was going to say, and then I was like, oh, I better give some like happiness Girl, toward, okay. the, <laughs> okay. toward the rest of it. I I really do love the Book of Acts only because, well, and same for both of y'all. We all, I'll speak for the three of us, I guess, right? <laughs> story centered. We just love the story centered, you know. The Gospels and Acts is so story centered. Plus, we love Paul so much, right? And right. he's just so rash and brash. He's both of those things, isn't he? He's <laughs> like you just never know what is going to happen next with Paul. This is why I like him so much. <laughs> I know <laughs> you I are him. Paul. <laughs> Welcome to my life, everyone, and now yours. <laughs> so, what we're super excited and sad about at the same time. So, same as the Book of Acts. Excited <laughs> and sad about it is this will be if you have missed the last couple episodes um do we call them episodes sure yeah um all of a sudden we were netflix if, um <laughs> you know, uh this is emily's last week before she um takes the reins of uh begins yeah begins that was nicer the, i all of a sudden was driving a carriage well that seems funner okay <laughs> you know for, you know, um, she will still be here behind the scenes. If you've missed kind of everything going on here and with Good News Brand and, and everything, Emily's still going to be. But her main, oh, I, I just can't remember how you said it. You said it so good a couple of weeks ago. Just your, oh. your passion. I can't even remember. It's yeah, be my, my focus right now will be for the young women, um, which I'm actually really excited about. But I'm not going to lie. I have shed a lot of tears this week thinking about this video. So hopefully I'm just super happy the whole video because it's been such a good run. I don't start talking about it. Everyone's <laughs> crying at the whole video. The beginning we're just, I know. So it's just, fine just, because yeah. I'm not going anywhere. I'm yeah. just still going to be here. Yeah. And Grace, you have hopefully seen, and if you haven't, too bad for you, um, <laughs> but lucky you today to be able to meet Grace for the first time. And she's part of our, our family over at, um, well, Literally, and also um, the Good News Brand family, uh, where we have a couple of podcasts there, Inklings and Revival, and This is Kingdom, and Grace is on This is Kingdom, and um, this is so fun that I, if you, again, are new to what's even happening or Grace, so I taught Grace in seminary years ago, and... <laughs> Um, that makes we, me sound ancient. Well, you know, I'm the ancient one, if that's true. And, what, about, what about me? Well, it's fine. <laughs> this is fine. This is fine. Um, but just, anyways, we just finagled a way that Grace could be in my class, like, all the time. Even when she moved to Sky Ridge, she still came to Lehigh to be in my class. And um, Grace was a awesome 
had such great insights like from day one that I met her back then. And now she teaches seminary full time and the luckiest kids on planet Earth get to be in Grace's um, seminary class, including my kids because she's going to be teaching at Lehigh. So Full circle yeah, is, is full yeah. circle. In case you don't know, I'm Grace's mom, everyone. So that makes this even more fun because uh, I love Grace and I study scripture all the time together. We plan seminary lessons together because we've both been teaching. So it's super fun for Grace to just dive in and be part of what I've loved doing for these past years. Yeah. And it's been fun to read all the comments on YouTube. Thanks for your encouragement and everything there. Whenever people just like, I screamed when you said Grace's name. <laughs> we don't know if that was good or bad, Grace. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, so um, that's going to start happening. Well, starting today. Today's the baton passing. I asked um, earlier if Emily wanted to like, pass the pink scriptures on to Grace or something ceremonial. But this or... is fun. You will notice Grace has a lot of my personality in her, including <clears throat> we both have... Yellow, so not pink. Yeah, we both have recovered scriptures. Um, Grace's is so happy. Mine's pink. Grandma Bell's favorite color. Why'd you choose yellow? I'm just wondering. For the New Testament, Jesus. Oh. Seems happy. Okay. (laughs) That makes sense. Yeah. (laughs) My favorite emoji is the yellow heart. Yeah. Of all of them, that's the one that I send. Because I was like, oh, it's such a happy, bright, hopeful. Yeah, Yeah. It does feel right. Yeah. Yeah. So we're so excited about Grace coming, first of all. Yeah. Second of all, this lesson, I know you're not going to believe this, but is one of our favorites. <laughs> <laughs> we love this lesson. And it might take a little extra time to teach it because there's, in these last chapters, there's a great story in almost every one of them. Right. We can't miss any of them because this is Don't Miss This. Aha, <laughs> got it. <laughs> so... Uh, We're going to try and speed through some of them because the lesson we think you will probably want to teach if you're teaching youth or in your family um, is going to be the one that's in Acts, I want to say 26, am I right? Yeah, 27. 27. Starting in 26, but diving into 27 because we love that one. But we also love 26. Yeah, 26 is so super cool. What you'll see, we call today's minister and witness just because you get a chance again. It's Paul's personality to just keep sharing his story and keep sharing his witness. Like, it's one of the really, really cool things I think about him is that he just, wherever he is, and you've seen that throughout the whole book of Acts. If I'm on Mars Hill in Athens, I'm going to share my witness. If I'm in prison, I'm going to share my witness. If I'm down by the river with all the people who gather to pray there, I'm going to share my witness. It's just what he does. And whether it's to, again, people down by the river or kings and queens, he just feels really comfortable whoever his audience is, to share that story and, and share that that witness of his. And I love that one line that comes out of the Come Follow Me manual that says, disciples of Jesus Christ share their testimonies boldly. And I think that's one of the things we all love the most about Paul is he is just so bold about his witness of Jesus Christ. And this is something I've been teaching Jack recently. And um, my Jack's about to leave as a full-time missionary and his little group of buddies. Just that what you actually don't have to read the end of any of the stories. Like, I wish you could just stop and see, like, he just shares his witness and he shares his story. And some people believe him and some people don't. And I think there's like a scripture at the very, very end of the book of Acts, it actually says that. And now I'm like, oh, make sure I remember that because I want him to see that and know that. They're just like, listen, whether the outcome. Yeah, 24. 
chapter 28, 24, and some believed the things which were spoken and some believed not. And that doesn't matter. Yeah. Right? I mean, as far as like Paul's responsibility is, as a disciple of Christ, my responsibility is share my witness. And sometimes I can make a decision about whether I'm a good minister and witness based off of how people respond. And that we just, I think we got to keep reminding ourselves like, that's not, that's not true. Like your measure of success is your willingness to share the story and, and share the witness. And I love when um, Elder Holland talked about to the MTC, your greatest convert on your mission will be yourself. Mm. And how important it is just to remember what gave Paul that confidence and that his enthusiasm for the gospel and that passion is that he was fully converted yeah. um, himself. And I love that, that part of what helps us to be a minister and a witness is that conversion, that testimony, that, that firm witness that we have inside. And that I feel like minister and witness gives so much room for the life of a disciple is going to look different for every single disciple. Yeah. And minister and witness, I feel like, gives room for like, oh, wait, sometimes it's going to look like loving people and sometimes it's going to look like sharing your testimony and sometimes it's going to look like everyone can look different in your journey of discipleship. Like you get to minister and you get to witness. Yeah. Words, no words. Right, right. Which you'll see today. So we're Acts 22 through 28 and segment one is uh, just different witnesses that we see. This one we're calling a, a witness of um, what God can do. Paul gets a chance twice in today's section, and it makes you think that, like, oh, even in the stories that weren't written, this is kind of one of his go-tos, is he shares that story of meeting Jesus on the road to Damascus again and again and again. Which I kind of love. Let's just think about this for a minute, because remember when I spoke with Garrett in December, and as he shared his story afterward, that man came up to me, and talked about his story and how he had lived a really mm -hmm. rocky start. And then he said, one of the greatest gifts you gave to your boy is you taught him how to tell his story without shame. And I love that Paul, I mean, this is not the best day of Paul's life. No, nor the days before that he always includes in the story. He was right. like, can I tell you what I was like? This is what I was like. Yeah. You know, and he's not, he shares that too yeah. without any shame. Which makes him powerful because if our story only looks perfect and and our story of life with Jesus is only perfect, it's not a true story. Right. And I, I think people need to realize choosing Jesus doesn't mean life is going to be easy. It just means you're not going to be alone. Yeah. That he's going to be doing it with you and you're still going to go through mortality. But I just love that he's like, let me tell you my story, which is not like the best day of my life. And Jesus showed up on the day that was not the best day of my life. Well, and it just makes it, uh, Jesus is the hero of his story every time he tells it. Yeah. You know, and that's like, I think that's a, a reason that like someone would share, this is where I was, you know, because it like, it's not to, uh, I don't know, what's that word? Not to glorify when you like, I'm not trying to like, Brag. Brag, you know, whatever, like, what, what, what is it when you like sensationalize? I'm not oh. trying to sensationalize, like, ah, oh, I was this terrible person, but he tells it in a way where he's just like, I needed help and I was headed in the wrong direction and Jesus came in to help and point me in, in the right one and he's been with me ever since. I just really love the way that 
when you hear that story, you don't feel like Paul is the hero ever when he tells it. Yeah. It's cool. So in this one, he's just, he's come back to Jerusalem. Remember, he's been all around the Mediterranean. Lucky. That's where he got to be, have his mission is in Mykonos, right? Yeah. And he's been all over and he's come back to Jerusalem. And when he's come back, like obviously, like the same people that raised a fuss with Jesus are raising a fuss with him. And he's kind of like being carried away by like guards. And he's like, stop, 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 stop. I need to say something to the people. And he's just like, everyone. <laughs> he's like being arrested. And like, like at the back of the cop car, he's like, I have a story to tell, you know, or whatever. And he just wants to tell this story. And there's something I want to emphasize in this story. And it's Ananias, you remember, the, the man that Paul is sent to, the other disciple of Jesus Christ that he is, is sent to. And no, just, Ananias is sent to Paul, you mean. That got confusing for just a second. Oh, yeah, when they meet. I'm yes. just, yeah, when they meet up. Yeah. Um, and you get a little bit more about that conversation. Remember, there was a sweet part in that story where he says to him, Brother Saul, when he like puts his hands on his head. And you're like, oh my gosh, this guy who's hated his family and friends and his church community and, and how he can just you know, see Saul as, as a brother. But you start reading in verse 9 and he says... Well, sorry, he's telling the story at the very beginning. And then you meet Ananias in verse 12. And 13, you get that line again, which must have stood out to him because he's saying it again. Yeah, and you're going to want to remember that. Like, it, again, we told you this in Acts 9, but now here again in Acts 22, you just want to put a little star by chapter 22, 13, when he, the first thing he says to him, the first words out of his mouth are, Brother Saul, which is so sweet. And when we get to the book of Philemon, it's going to be your favorite part yeah. of that book. And then he says this to him in 14, the God of our fathers hath chosen thee that thou should know his will and see that just one and should hear the voice of his mouth. And here on the next side, we actually put together a list of things that Ananias actually teaches Saul and helps him understand, you know, about what it means to be a witness and what it means to be, a minister, and so he starts. And I to, love just as yeah. you're thinking about that. I love when you think about this because I wonder if you've ever had a moment. I know you have, as you've been out with the youth talking, where someone maybe has forgotten who they are, yeah, or they've forgotten what their path should be, or, just or don't even know, yeah, or they're clearly on the wrong path, but they don't know anything different than the path where they are. And I love that he he goes to him and he witnesses to Paul. In that situation, after that road moment, when he's been for three days blind and it's dark, and do you ever just want to go to someone and grab them by the shoulders and be like, let me remind you who you are and the work you have to do. And I'll never forget doing that with a neighbor boy who had just opened my fridge and was talking about just not knowing where he was going. And I can remember turning him around and and saying to him almost this exact same mm. thing of like, you've forgotten who you are. Yeah. And let me be a witness to you of, of who you are right now. Let me be that witness. And that's one of the things that I love when you talk about what does discipleship look like? Sometimes it looks like grabbing a young kid by the shoulders and saying, let me tell you these 10 things that you have got to remember right now. And I think sometimes on accident, we start at a different step, which isn't always necessarily a bad thing, 
But sometimes I think we accidentally start at like the step of like, this is what you should be doing. Yeah, like mm. eight, like yeah. walk the covenant path. Yeah. Like make sure, yeah, right. And like sometimes I just want to be like, oh wait, you missed the first step, like seven. And no one's going to want to walk the covenant path if they don't, like first, like let's even not even go to first one, but like if they don't hear him, they're not going to want to walk on his path, yeah. right? But even before that, like what could change in our conversations with people if we started with like, Oh, let me tell you like how God sees you. Yeah. And if you knew that, like, oh, maybe step two would seem different to you. Right. Because you like, let me start here. Yeah. And by the time we get to step eight, walk the path, you're like, oh, I actually want to because he the one I'm going to be walking with and next to and beside. And don't you want to walk with someone that sees you like he sees you? Yes. Yes. And you sometimes need someone to remind you how he sees you. And that's what Ananias does for Paul in this moment. And I love, we don't get it in Acts 9, but in Acts 22, all of a sudden we get to see what did that life changing moment look like between Paul and Ananias and that he's never forgotten it. He still remembers those words. Years and missions later. And it's interesting. It's like to think those things he said to me carried me through mm. prison and shipwrecks and weaknesses and uh, like he's he's still holding on to that yeah. which is yeah. so awesome and man even that first line I've just been th- just sitting here like reading it again and again and again that it was just like he picked you he chose you you know like why are you in the place that you're at it's like not because God picked you you know like and you think and, about and you that idea be, of like yeah in that moment you're like on the why would he team? choose yeah, you? Exactly. <laughs> you should have been picked last. Right. And he's like, God picked you. That's why you're here. And he could say that to people. Like people could look at him and be like, Paul, you are not qualified to be this. And he's like, I know. The only reason I'm here is because God picked me to be. And right? if he chose me, of course he's going to pick you too. Right. And is it cool that he's like the God of our fathers? Like that God that you fell in love with in those scripture stories that your mom told mm. you growing up, that's the same God who picked you. It's, it's like cool to be like, you read like the story of Daniel and the lion's den. Yeah. And you're like, what? You know, that same God is, he picked me. Yeah. You know, it's yeah. just so awesome. But anyways, we'll go quick through this. That he says, he teaches him. He's like, learn his will. And I, and I almost want to put a thing in there. It's like, cause it'll be a good one and mm-hmm. hear his voice because what he's going to say, you're going to love. Mm-hmm. Right. And stand as a witness of him. You will be his witness of what you have seen and heard, right? And now at the end of his story, he's got so much more that he could add. He was just like, listen, it started on the road to Damascus, but he's come to me again and again and again since then. And I could tell you all of those. This is such a cute thing that, I mean, Paul was on his way to like put in jail all the Christians, had all his whole life plan ahead of him. And like that, everything gets turned upside down. He's blind. He fell off his horse. (laughs) He's taken into this house. Like he's just like, (laughs) there's this whole new life that all of a sudden it's like, what the, you know, like his mom doesn't even know his change of plans, you know? And he's just like figuring this out. And Ananias says in 16, why tarriest thou? It's like, what are you waiting for? Go. Go. Yeah. (laughs) He's like, like, I've been blind for three days. I don't even know what to do. And do you know what? This is actually so cool. I actually just thought of this. He says, go, get baptized, wash away the sins and like call on the name of the Lord. And it makes me feel like there's some people who think like, man, there's a, I I probably got to like 
serve a little mm. bit of probation here or a little bit of time. And he's just like, nope, you actually can be a witness today. Yeah. Like, but he was like, but yesterday I was a bad guy. And he was just like, great. Today? Great. Today you're, you're chosen. Not. Right? Yeah. Mm. And he was like, because like, I almost feel like you had to say this because some people are like, I know, but do you know what I used to say and what I used to do? And I was like, yeah, keyword used to. You're someone new now. Yeah. Go. It's so cool. Today. Be a witness today. Whatever you were like tomorrow. Yeah. This word, arise, is the same word that Jesus says to him on the road, which is cool. And he says, turn to him. You know, walk his covenant path. Call upon his name everywhere that you go. And then remind him again, God has a work for you to do. And that, it's just neat that a, a witness can be someone reminding you what God can do with your life and in your story. Yeah, which is so awesome. And if you're looking for where all of this list is, it happens in chapter 22 and it starts in verse 13 and it's going to go through um, 16, which I love. It just is these 10 things right in a row of like, here's what you got to remember. And when I think about the youth, don't you just want this to be what you're saying to your kids? I know. I thought that when I was writing it up there, I was like, oh, I want to be more deliberate about these kind of lines and like you were saying grace like and starting at the beginning well and yeah. if you think like oh this is going to be like i have the potential to have conversations that people will never forget for the rest of their life right what do i want them to be about right oh like it makes you want to rethink what, what you should say I talk about what should, yeah and also to remember that conversations can happen in back rooms of houses and they can happen on someone's worst day. They don't have to happen at a pulpit. Right. They can take place mm. under an overpass or they can take place standing next to a fridge in a kitchen. Or, or like on a bus be, in Argentina. Mm. You know, Grace yeah, just got back. Be ready for, to witness at all times and in all things and in all places. Um, be ready. Yeah. And the only reason Ananias knows this is because he had his own road of Damascus somewhere earlier also. Right? He was just like, yeah, God picked me. Yeah, we can't wait me. to hear that story. Yeah, he said, like, God picked me too. Like, I, you know, I've learned these things. This was Ananias' story before it became Paul's story. And he's just hitting the next domino. Yeah, so good. Um, the next one we're going to talk about is sometimes a witness. Uh, we're talking about all different kinds of witnesses. So sometimes a witness is someone who comes and just reminds you God's purpose for you. Sometimes... Um, we have a witness that the Lord stands by. And I love what um, happens in this place. We're going to go for this part of the story to Acts 23, 11 is, is the line that I love or the verse that I love. But what happens Because is, after he shares that witness that we just did in 22, he gets put in jail and beaten yes. for it. You know, so once again, yeah. some believe and some don't. Yes. And right? surely he's discouraged. Yeah. Right. And he's down there and he's like, I'm just trying to teach the gospel. That's, that's all I'm trying to do. I'm just trying to do good. What have I ever been besides good, you know, and kind and, and to teach this gospel. And now here I am in prison. And, and when your purpose is to be a minister and a witness, that has to be frustrating if, yeah, if you're, in, you're in prison. Yeah. Cause you're like, I'm not doing the thing I was called to do in this moment. And it's so cute because it says in chapter 23, verse 11, and the night following the Lord stood by him and said, be of good cheer, Paul, for just as you have testified of me in Jerusalem, so must you bear witness in Rome. 
And what I love about this so much isn't just what he said in that moment to Paul, but like what it means for each of us, because we're all going to have those nights. I love when it says, and the night following, because why are the nights always the hardest time? Why are those always <laughs> yeah. the moments when you question and you wonder if you've been forgotten in that moment? And I love what happens in this moment is um, the Lord stood by him, which is an important thing to remember that he, he meets us in the jail, right? He's not just like in heaven and he's like, how many days till Paul's going to get out? Because then we can start working again. He's comes in the jail. And I love, remember we talked about this earlier, but that word be of good cheer, that word cheer hints towards a translation that comes from the word courage. So it's be of good courage, he tells him, which we read in Joshua. Yeah. Be strong and of a good courage. Or we would actually translate that today to be more like encourage. He comes to stand by him. He comes to encourage him. And he tells him, listen, this is not the end. This moment in jail is not the end because what you've done in Jerusalem, I actually need you to now go and do in Rome. And all of a sudden, Paul has this little flicker of hope. Oh, I'm actually, I'm not done. Like there's still work for me ahead and, and God still has a plan for me. And I think those moments when the Lord stands by are such important moments in our life. Some of you might have seen on my Instagram a week ago, um, I had the opportunity to go and visit a boy who had a mission call and was preparing to go on his mission and was with his family on vacation. And the dad took a group of kids around on the boat and this cute boy, Seth, was gonna meet him on the other side on a four-wheeler and he never showed up on the other side. And what happened is the dad immediately felt prompted to go and start searching, which I love because how many 18-year-old boys on a four-wheeler would you just be like, well, I don't know where he went. He must've got distracted. Um, and he'll show up at some point, right? He'll show up, uh, which is what the sheriff actually said to the mom. But the dad just knew to go searching for the boy. And it is so lucky he did because um, Seth had crashed and he broke his femur and he broke his other foot and he broke all the bones in his face. Do you know this story? No. Because I realized you've been in Argentina this whole time. Yeah. So just down the street, Seth. Um, and he um, waited for three and a half hours for a rescue. He waited and he, he was in so much pain that he, the shade was three feet away, but he couldn't get to it. So he pulled his flip-flops up and he put both of his hand on him and he lifted himself up and he just held himself up for three and a half hours. And when his dad finally found him, his dad said, how did you, how have you made it for three and a half hours? And listen how important these three things are that he said. He's saying, I am a child of God. Who loves it like the first place he goes to is my identity. Mm. I love when President Nelson said, if people just knew their identity, they knew whose they were, a child of God, it would get them through some of the hardest moments of their life. And I love that his first inclination in this moment is sing that song. I've just got to remember whose I am. That was number one. Number two, he said, I've learned my entire life that I can find strength through the atonement of Jesus Christ. And so I just prayed the whole time that Jesus Christ would stand by me and that he had descended lower than this. He had experienced worse pain than this. And if he could do it, 
I could do it. And I just love that he knew Jesus was standing by him in that moment. And the third thing is his dad had had a similar experience when he was a teenager on a date up in the mountains and had broken his femur and had to sit by this puddle while he waited for this rescue. And the boy said, I knew if my dad could do it, I could do it too. And Mm. who loves when he says to his dad, I knew if you could do this, I could do this too. That is the power of a witness, right? That right there in that story. But what happened is when they got him home, they took him into an operation and he didn't wake up. He was in a coma after it was over. And so Grace, the entire world has been praying for this boy who they weren't sure what was going to happen because of a complication that sometimes can take place when you break a big bone in your body. And they weren't sure when he woke up what his capacity would be. And so the the fun news is two days ago, we got a text that he woke up unexpectedly and all at once, which the doctor said wouldn't happen and was speaking in sentences. And I got a text yesterday that he sat in a wheelchair outside for a while and was able to shower and, and he's like recovering. And it's so fun to just watch this miracle happening right before us as, as we're watching this and praying for this boy, all of us together. Um, cute Seth, who is this boy just trying to get out and be a witness. That is what he wants to do mm-hmm. is go out and be a witness and watching his journey. But I love it's so similar to this. Um, in that in that dark night, the Lord stood by him. He encouraged him. And he said, I have a work for you to do. And that it can happen for someone like Paul, but it can also happen for someone like Seth. And to remember the importance of that companionship. Our word for this week comes from Acts 23, 11, that, um, that the Lord stood by him and encouraged him and said, be of good cheer. And the word we chose for that is companion. It's one of our favorite names of Christ is just that thought of companionship. Yeah, and the Greek for that word, to stand by, just, man, the other ways you could translate that, to be present, that's so cool, right? To establish, to come to, to be at hand, to attend to. Like, there's something about that. Because if you read verse 10, where they wanted to pull Paul piece from piece, (laughs) and if you read 12, where people make an oath, a blood oath, that they're going to kill Paul. Yeah, and they fast. They're not going to eat until they've accomplished. Killed him. You're just like, if I read 10 and 12, I would say, like, God abandoned me. But it's just interesting to know that, like, even when life looks like God is not present, he still stands by. Like, I think there's something really powerful about that in, in the story. Yeah. Um, okay. He gets out. Yay. <laughs> you know? Um, well, actually, he doesn't, he doesn't get out. Get he gets out, just transferred. Really, yeah. He's transferred. <laughs> transferred to a new prison, but at least out of that prison. And there's some really cool stories in there that you'll read as, as you read through. But he is taken to, uh, to Caesarea um, on the coast. And there he's going to meet with this guy whose name is Felix and... Uh, hear his story. He's going to bear his witness to this guy named Felix. Then Felix just keeps him in jail because he's like, I just want to stay friends with all the people who don't like you. So I don't know what to do with you. And then switch of governor and a new guy named Festus comes in and he hears the story also. And then uh, Agrippa, King Agrippa, who is a descendant of Herod and he's king of kind of the area comes to visit the area. And Festus says, do you want to hear this guy's story? 
He is this Roman citizen who has like had this crazy story. I don't even know what's happening. I don't know really what to do yeah. with him. Do you want to hear a story? And so chapter 26 is Paul fulfilling Ananias's original prophecy where he says, you will preach to the kings of the earth, you know? And King Agrippa and his sister Bernice are there and he stands before them. Is her name really Bernice or did you just make that up? I'm, I think it is. In my mind it is. <laughs> Like, I don't know where that came from, but it just came out of me. Like, it was so you natural. You so confident. I, I really like, did. I was like, okay. Right? Isn't it? I have, I have never, no. I've never paid attention to her name before, but I believe that. Her I'm name is, sure. is such a funny name. You know how? <laughs> I couldn't have. Oh, yeah, look. You guys, I'm vindicated. <laughs> Acts 25, 23. On the morrow, when Agrippa was come, and Bernice, with, oh, great, no. with great pomp, okay? It's a name of okay. great pomp, okay. you know? Bernice. And they come in, this king and this queen, you know? <laughs> sort of. It kind of gives a, a Benedi vibe, you know, this king yes. and then a prisoner. And... Chapter 26, he tells the story of the road to Damascus again. And I think there's something really, really cool about this that, that Paul doesn't teach King Agrippa. Again, like this is what you should be doing. Here are the doctrinal you know, things that you need to understand. But he shares his story. He's like, this is where I was. This is what happened to me. This is where I was headed. And Jesus came in and rescued me. Yeah, and I love everything's that. Everything's been different since then. Yeah, this know? is where I met Jesus yeah. moment. Like, don't you want to be like, where's mine? Right. And then that's what he shares. He's just like, this is what I have to share. He's like, listen, I don't I don't know everything. But this is what I know. It's like that blind man. I once was blind and now I see. So call him whatever you want to call him. Like call him whatever names. Make any accusations that you want to make. But my story is that when Jesus came into it, everything was different. And it's interesting because when he shares that story, that is what seems to like warm the heart or change the heart or make an impact on the king. And he says this comment when he's done listening to the story. Verse 27, Paul says, King Agrippa, do you believe the prophets? And then he doesn't wait for him to answer. He says, I know that you believe them. And then Agrippa said to Paul, almost thou persuadest me to be a Christian. And I'm just intrigued by the fact that it was that story of meeting Jesus that almost persuaded him. It wasn't a list of do's and don'ts. Yeah. It was, this is what happened to me when he came into my life. He was like, whoa. Um, I, we were just talking before we started that um, Sister Holland in a talk, I was watching a clip from her talk, and she quoted somebody as saying, the problem is a lot of you Christians wear your religion like a headache. And I just love that Paul tells the rescue story. And he's like, this is what it means to be a Christian. It means that Jesus will stand by in your prison moments, that Jesus will come when you're on the wrong path. And, and he says, almost you persuade me. And then Paul's so cute, he answers back. This is chapter 26, if I forgot to say that, verse 29. I would to God that not only you, but anyone that hear me this day were both almost and altogether such as I am. Because he says, almost you persuaded me to be a Christian. And he says, I wish you were almost and all together. Not just almost, but fully committed as I am. Like, I want you to be like me. And then at the very end of 29, he says, well, except for these chains. Like, <laughs> I mean, I wouldn't want you to have that. But, but everything else, 
I, with, with this, I, I want you to be. And I just think that is so, here they come in, you know, like, fine, we'll listen to them, all the pomp, you know, Bernice and company, you know, <laughs> coming in. And it's just interesting that that simple witness has the, has the ability to take a king who, if you look at his family line, has, wants nothing to do with this, that he would be almost persuaded and for Paul all together in, that a witness has that power to do that. And I love when you go back in Acts 26 and he talks about, I love in verse 22 when he's like, having therefore obtained help of God. Um, that Like that's what I needed in my life was just help. That's what yeah. I was looking for. And I continue to this day witnessing both to small and great. Like I'll tell anyone who wants to hear my story. I'll go anywhere. Like it reminds me of when you were on your mission and you w wanted to sit down and read the Bible to the person under the overpass. That is that our inclination that is like, I'll go anywhere to teach. And then I love in 26 when he says this, and I think sometimes we forget. I love when he's like, the king knows what I'm talking about. Because I'm persuaded that none of this has been hidden from him. Oh, yes. And I love this one line. line when he says, this thing has not been done in a corner. And that's one of the things that I love about God is he's not hidden. Hidden. He's not quiet. He's not silent. I was driving home from Bear Lake this week and I was listening to this song that you should put in the app for this week. Um, that is, it starts out like this. I'm calling on the God of Jacob. That's how it starts out. And he says, talks about, he's the one who made and kept promises. And then he's like, I'm calling on the God of Moses who, up, who opened up the Red Sea. And I'm calling on the God of Mary who favors lowly people. And then I love the one, um, you guys help me with the line. Cause do you know this song? Yeah. When I'm calling on the God of David. Um, it's my favorite part. Oh, um, me too. Who, yeah, mine too. And I think it's because all of us love this part. That is different. Says, me and you like it for a different reason than David likes it. Oh, you're right. <laughs> I forgot. He thinks he is David. Um, oh. I'm <laughs> the real David. I'm calling on the God of David. And then it gets to this line that says, um, I might not ever face Goliath, but I have my own giants and mm. i just love this thought of like god doesn't do things in corners you if you want to watch for his hand you are going to see his hand there are going to be red sea moments and goliath falling moments and all of these things that where god shows up and don't you want to live in a world that witnesses of where god is showing up and that paul was so distinctly evidence of that like he could not hide what had happened to him like right. people would see him walking down the street and he was like, oh no, like I can't like even act like that's just like a tiny part of my life. Like I can't just like put this new me in the corner. Like it's like he like did this big. Like yeah. I am like notably different. Yeah, which I love. Um, so I love that thought that um, as we think about this part of the story, um, we a witness can either almost persuade or altogether commit someone and, and that thought that they might believe, they might not believe, but why would you hold back from witnessing of where you've met the Lord? Yeah. Yeah. And comes back to that. You, you talking about that song, man, it just comes back to the God of our fathers, you know, and it's actually kind of cool that you could probably find someone's similar story somewhere else in scripture. 
Do you know what I mean? Yeah. Like Paul could have said, oh, he doesn't want someone like me. And I was like, oh, actually, I can find, yeah. you know, some, where he did pick Well, and remember, like it you. does happen I, because Joseph Smith. Yeah, Joseph Smith And Joseph this. Smith yeah. gets to look back and say, I feel like, Paul, I've actually seen God do this before right. in someone's yeah. story. Yeah, that's super cool. And it turned out. So just to get into this 27, what happens is Paul, because he's a Roman citizen, appeals to Caesar. And he says, then I, you know, I'm almost like appealing to the Supreme Court. Like, you can't make a final decision on me. You can't put me to death. I get, and they're like, oh, by law, they have to send him to Rome now to do that. So they're going to go to Rome now via ship. And that is where this, this story happens in Acts 27 is he's on his way to Rome. And if you want like the nerdy, like biblical, like Luke, the way he tells this story, Rome is like the center of the earth at the time. And so to see the gospel and a minister of the gospel finally make it to Rome is like this, like fulfillment of what Jesus said when he said, you will go to all nations, kindreds, tongues, and people. Like that's kind of what... Bible scholars think Luke is doing at the end, let's get him to Rome. And if you've mm-hmm. gotten to Rome, it's like, ah, the gospel has made it to the ends of the earth kind of idea. And the fact that he's going to have this moment to share that story again in high yeah, in, yeah, places, place. which you just love. So what happens, chapter 27 is one of our very most favorite chapters in Acts because of the lesson that it teaches and it's gonna kind of sum up all of these witness moments into one. Plus you just get to see Paul's character, which we love uh, so much. So what happens is they decide they're gonna sell to Rome and they send him with a centurion who's gonna guard him while they're sailing over there. And when they get on this boat in verse nine of chapter 27, it tells us that the sailing was dangerous now because the fast was now already passed. And, and what that means is they would mark everything by holiday. And October 5th was the date you wouldn't sell anymore because it meant winter was approaching. Yeah. And so they had waited too long and they had gotten on this boat and the preparation to get going, everything was like the conditions were not right. The, the time of year was not right. But everyone gathered together and they were like, what should we do? Should we go? Should we not go? And I love in verse 10, the prisoner is like, sirs. <laughs> I don't know why, but I love when he's just like, um, sirs. I'd like to just say, um, if we proceed, he tells them, there's going to be hurt and much damage, not only to the ship, but also like of all of our lives. So <laughs> that's my boat. I'm just going to put that out there. But it tells us in verse 11, the centurion believed the master and the owner of the ship more than he believed Paul, which a little bit makes sense. Like, are you going to believe the captain or the prisoner? You know, this guy just came out of jail. Plus, do you sell boats? Yeah. So I don't, I don't necessarily I just love picturing him like scruffy and chains. He's like, I think. Sirs? He's like, sirs, (laughs) I think. And you're like, ah, thank you. (laughs) So they decide to go. And in verse 13, it tells us, I love when it says this. And when the south wind blew softly, supposing that they had achieved their purpose, they set off. They're like, it's just going to be this nice. Yeah cruise that's what it feels like Mm. but not long after in verse 14 there arose against them a a tempestuous why can't i say that word right now tempestuous uh, (laughs) wind called the euroclidon which was a wind that was feared for its destructive 
power. So the fact that they named the wind lets you know this it's like is what like, we name hurricanes, yeah, you know? It's yeah, like, this it's is exactly Harvey. the same. Harvey's coming. This is Harvey. Who do you know who named Harvey? <laughs> <laughs> they name hurricanes. Do you know that? Yes, but you made it seem like Harvey's a terrible person. Why? Oh, wait. Hurricane Harvey is the one that destroyed Houston last like, a couple oh, years so ago. You so I know a, it. Yeah. You, I'm a, he's from you guys, I'm not making up words. Just <laughs> 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 keep thinking I make up names. Hurricane Bernice. Okay, so. What happens is this ship gets caught in this huge storm and it's so bad that they decide they can't even steer. That they're like just the safest thing for us is going to be to let go of the wheel and just let the boat go wherever it wants. And then the boat starts falling apart so they have to undergird the boat which actually means they take ropes and they like tie the boat together so it won't start like breaking apart in the ocean because the waves are so big. And then the next day they're like, we got to throw everything out of the boat. We, we're, the boat's going to sink. We have to throw everything out. So they cast out everything. And then in verse 20, it tells us, and then when neither sun nor stars in many days appeared, which the importance of that is that sometimes we forget, they would have had to use the sun and the stars to know even what direction they were going. And so they had no way to navigate. And then they realized that all hope had been taken away. They're, like there was no way they were going to be saved. Which is and the saddest then, line in the whole thing. Yeah, and then you love this moment. I just love it so much in verse 21. But after a long abstinence, so almost like after waiting as long as he could, Paul stands forth, forth in the midst of them and says, Sirs? <laughs> I love when he does, um, Sirs? And then I love when he says this. You should have listened to me. <laughs> like, I love that he's like, this I told you so moment. Um, and and we shouldn't have even left where we did. But we did, he tells them. And, but don't worry, everyone. An angel came and stood by me last night. Which, don't you think the centurion is still like, who, who are is you? this guy? <laughs> it's getting worse and worse. Yeah. <laughs> it's even happening right now. And, um, and so I'm telling you this, everyone. You can be encouraged. Right, yeah. which they're probably all looking around and they're like, what is encouraging about this situation that is happening right now? And then he says this, there's actually not gonna be loss of any man's life among you. And then he says this, but we're gonna lose the ship. Hmm. And can you imagine that you're like, what's <laughs> happening? And then there is this moment where Paul bears this witness and we love the process that happens here and and these things that he testifies of in the middle of this storm at sea and when i teach this i love to teach it with ropes and particularly ropes that would have been used on ships that sail at sea but i just want to start little with just this little rope the first part of his testimony is going to be in verse 23 when he says there stood by me this night the angel of god whose i am and whom I serve. And I love that what he starts out with very first thing, and this is gonna be the, the paper that we, maybe you'll use when you teach. Yeah, the worksheet in the journal. The worksheet in the journal. And if you don't have the journal, you'll be able to download it from the newsletter. Um, well, and I almost just wanna say this, right before you like teach what this thing is, is that line that he says at the beginning of it is, be of good cheer. And you might ask, what is it that you know and believe that are causing you to have good cheer? in the middle of a shipwreck or in the middle of a storm. And you almost could like say like this list that actually like shows that, yeah. right? It's showing how 
How can you have good cheer in a time like this? He's like, well, let me tell you yeah. what I know. And we named this Anchor Points, and the reason why we did is because we all have a really good friend who many, many years ago, over a conference weekend, their daughter was diagnosed with a malignant tumor in the back of her brain. And when he called to, to tell me what was happening there, and I was like, they, how, how did you find out and what is happening and what's her health like now? And then I said to him, okay, how will you get through? Like, how can we help strengthen you in this time? And his answer back to me was, we'll hold on to our anchor points. And I was like, what does that even mean? And he said, when we got married, we started a journal and we named it Anchor Points. And we wrote down every time God has shown up in our family yeah. since the day our family began. And so what we did is pulled out the journal and we looked at the Anchor Points and we know if God showed up then, he would show up now. And I, I love this thought of these Anchor Points, of these things that we would hold to when everything feels out of control. Well, and then now I'm just remembering that line when Jesus stands by him in the prison. This is the line that he says to him, be of good cheer, right? And now Paul is like almost as if he is looking back yeah. on some of those past moments that he's had where he's like, one of my anchor points is I was in jail and people wanted to tear me apart and made an oath to kill me. But God showed up. God showed up, you know, that's cool. Yeah. And, and maybe it starts small. Maybe it starts just like President Nelson said with remembering your identity, that he's like, I am a child of God. So right off the bat, I have that Which going for me. Because that was the first thing he learned anyways. Yes. On the road. Yeah. On the road. Yeah. And that it's, a, it's not just an identity that he picked. It's a God-given identity. He was like, the angel of God came and reminded me. And on the road, God gave me that identity. Yeah. I didn't pick it. I didn't make yeah. it up. I didn't and, say like And Ananias reminded me. Right. That yeah. This is who this is whose I am and this is who I serve yeah. now. But there's something about like if I pick what the identity is, it doesn't hold at the end of the day you're just like, well you just you can't you can't convince yourself of what you are. You know? It's almost like you can like, you know, I am strong, I am bold, I am, you know, whatever. And yeah. it's just like but if God says it, yeah. then it all of a sudden has power and it has validity yeah. and he has said and, it. And, we, and it does. I mean, you think about Seth, where's the first place he went? I know whose I yes. am. Yes. Yeah. Th that's the beginning. And you think about like, if this, we're, we're going to be showing these ropes. So if you are listening on the podcast, you might want to go back for the second last bit of this video and just watch because these ropes are so fun to think about. But this is where it starts. It's just this small of like, I know whose I am. And that's where I'm going to start. Like, we're, this is scary. This thing that we're involved in right now, this what's happening right now, I have to start by telling you, first of all, I know whose I am. And I know who I serve. That's the first thing that he tells him. Um, then I love the second thing he says is, the angel says to him, Don't, fear not, Paul, because you must be brought before Caesar. And God will let everyone who's with you also be saved with you because you have a mission. You have a purpose. God has something in store for you. And I love the place where he goes second is, um, I love how this rope is just a whole bunch of that rope put together is, okay, second thing that I know that I believe that I can witness of is God has a purpose for me mm. in my life. And I actually know what it is. I'm gonna get to Rome. I've been promised it. He's told me that's what's gonna happen. Mm. 
I'm going to hold on to that as my second witness. And then he says to them, but third, I believe God. This is the third thing that has become important to me. That of everything that I could believe right now, that he's forgotten me, that he's abandoned me, that all is lost. I could give up all hope. But and there's I, a lot of evidence to that. Yeah. You know, you're yeah. just like, if I were to look at the ship and the sea right now, I could come to the conclusion, a, a very different conclusion. But I'm letting you know, I choose to believe in God despite what my eyes see right yeah. now. Which I love that he's like, this is, this is what um, the choice that I've made that is going to pull me through this right now. And then I love when he says the fourth thing that he says is, and I know that we will be cast upon a certain island. I've, I've, I see that's what's going to happen. Uh, I trust his plan. This is what he's told me. And then what happens is he says to them, put down four anchors. That's what you're going to do. And I love pausing right here and just thinking to myself, okay, what are the things that we've learned? And he starts out with this, a witness like this. I know whose I am. This, I know my identity. I am God's child. He's going to watch over me in this. And then that testimony strengthens and he moves to, I also know he has a plan for me. I know I'm, I'm chosen. I know I've been called. I know there is a work for me to do. So all of a sudden this now has grown into this. And then he says, but even on top of that, with everything that's going on, I believe God. I believe he's going to keep his word. I've seen him do it before. That is my witness. And believe that he's good. And I, I believe he's good. Yes, that and that his too. will is like, good. Yeah, he's a good God. Um, and fourth, I trust his plan. And don't you want to just think to yourself, what if these are the four anchors? Like, are these strong enough anchors to get you through anything? And are there moments and things that you're going through where you can say, just as Paul did, okay, these are the four anchors in my life right now. I know I'm God's child. I know he has a plan for me. I believe him. I actually believe what he's telling me and I trust his plan. What if those were the four anchors of your life always? No matter what happened, I go back to, just like my friend, Ace and Angie, I go back to my anchor points. These are my anchor points. I know I'm gonna be okay. And so then what happens is, they thrust out those four anchors and they wish for the day, it tells us. But some of them believe Paul, some of them don't. And they go and get the lifeboats and they're like, smartest thing for us to do is leave the boat. That's what we're gonna do. And Paul goes to the captain and says, I'm just telling you right now, I can only speak for the people who stay in the ship. The people who get out of the ship, I can't do anything for those people. So they're, they're on their own if they go. And I love that the choice of the captain is, it's kind of that burn the bridges mentality. Yeah. They cut loose the lifeboats and they let them go. And they are like, they are convinced enough by Paul's witness to say, we're going to trust Paul in Stay this. In the ship. Yeah. And I love what happens is what started as that one small uh, witness now has led to a lot of other people saying, okay, we're going to hold on to that witness for safety. And we're going to trust what you're doing. And there's something really important about staying in the ship and um, at staying with where that faith is, where that hope is, where that person is talking about Jesus. Stay in the ship. Yeah. Hold on to that 
witness, even if your own witness is not strong enough, hold on to their witness and how important that is. And then what they do is they throw out everything, everything that they have. And um, at the same time, it tells us in verse 35, they take bread and they give thanks to God. And I love as they're going through, they start gathering um, strength, right? They gather strength. And you think about like my friend, Seth, what did he do in that moment where all hope was lost? And he wondered if anyone would ever even find him. He gathered strength and his strength came because of Jesus Christ. And I love the thought too, that as they were doing that, they gave thanks that they were like, I see the Lord showing up in my story right now. And I'm going to give thanks in that. And have you ever noticed that like, if you can just watch for the hand of the Lord moments in your life and gather those together, that there is strength that comes from that. And so that's what they do. And you know what? There's something interesting about the way that they talk about that. They're like, we didn't, they didn't just sit down for dinner. The way it's worded is they took bread and gave thanks to God in the presence of them all. They broke it and they ate it. And I don't, think they're necessarily having a sacrament here maybe but the way it's written it's mm. almost as if like Luke is trying to like give you that imagery that there is they gathered strength together yes and it's just w another witness of what it means to gather with people of faith mm. and like take bread learn together. their stories take bread remember Jesus together because we like you could wake up tomorrow and be really really low on hope but gather with someone who's got a lot of it. And yeah. that there's something about a faith community and, that and being taught here. And sharing that witness yes, together. Yeah. The, I mean, look at the strength of this, this rope, you know. And then the last thing that happens when it is day, they pull up those anchors, right? They've taken strength. They've um, given thanks. They've rested on those anchors until they were ready to go. And then the very last thing they do, it tells us in verse 40 is they commit themselves under the sea. And um, I just, I love that thought of that committing to God's plan. Yeah. Whatever you say for my life, I am going to commit to that thing. And that boat goes up there, it tells us, and they ran the ship aground and the forepart stuck fast and remained unmovable. But the hinder part was broken into pieces. But I love that 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 ship that no one could move it. It just got stuck fast there. It became like a landmark of this moment where they had rested on the witness of Paul. And it tells us right at the very end of that that not one life was lost. That everybody made it. And so it came to pass that they escaped all safe to land. And I think there's something about a witness that becomes that all safe mm. for people that if you can trust that witness, that powerful witness, that it, it can keep all safe. And you think about these things. Do you know your identity? Do you know your purpose? Do you believe God? Do you trust his plan? Are you willing to stay in the ship? That's such an interesting one mm -hmm. right now. Um, to gather strength in the ship with the people who are staying in the ship and to give thanks for the experiences that you're having in the ship, yeah, experiences, yes. and to commit yourself to God because this is a time when people aren't staying in the ship. 
This is a time when people aren't gathering strength from the community, where there's a lot of talk about leaving community and that important part about just like committing yourself to God. When I was gathering these ropes for this um, lesson many, many years ago, I called San Diego to a little um, <laughs> store. Well, I called, that's where I, that was the place where I called. Dude, this little um, captain of a boat <laughs> store. And I said to him, do you have ropes like that would tie ships up to the dock? And he was like, yeah. And I was like, well, could I buy like two feet of a whole bunch of different sizes of ropes? And I told him what I was trying to do. And he just was this cute, like you just imagine this weathered sailor. That is what he <laughs> was talking like. Like I so bad wish I could go and meet him. And I was like, then I just need the biggest rope you have, whatever it is. And he said to me, well, I have two. So one like looks nicer than the other one. So which one do you want? And this was before FaceTime. This was like years ago when you, there was no way for me to like see uh, the boats. In fact, I said 10 years. It probably was like two decades ago <laughs> because you also couldn't text a picture to me either. So I said to the man, Will you just mail me both and then I'll just choose when they get there. So I get this package in the mail and one of the ropes that I get is this one, which was awesome. I was like, okay, I actually love that one. And I had pulled this one out first and I was looking at it. And then I pulled out the other rope and I just fell in love with the other rope. And if you're listening to this on the podcast, you just need to, well, maybe you could put a picture of this in the app or something, or just get on for this last little bit. But this was the other rope that he sent me and I fell in love with this rope. It's how long? 12 inches, maybe 18 inches. Um, this, just this random little rope. But right when I looked at it, I was like, it's not little, it's like a thick rope, okay, you know, it's, it's like rope. Um, that that when, is the Titanic. Is when you like. start looking at it, I'm like right away, you know how many storms this rope has weathered mm -hmm. and how many days of sunshine has it seen? and how many different ports it's been like tied up to, how many places in the world has this been? And you know, what, what has it seen? What, yeah. what has it, what, what has it's like time been like that? I pulled this out. I was like, oh, I actually love this. And as you think about it in terms of this lesson, you remember that very first rope that we started out with, which was just where Paul starts. This is my witness that I am a child of God. And this rope actually came out of this rope because this gigantic rope is made up of a million little moments, yeah. a million little witnesses of this is whose I am and this is who I serve. And the more that you put these together, I mean, imagine the size of the boat this anchors now. Yeah. Um, because it's all threaded together and you love that it's like made out of these, but it's also made out of this size. And you know, all of these strands put together is what is holding or anchoring that ship. And I just think to myself at the end of my life, this is what I want my testimony to look like. I want you to see I weathered storms and I made it through because of him. And I want you to know that I've visited all these different places where God showed up in my 
story and I've experienced all these different things and one by one I've added these strands, these little witnesses to my life until hopefully at the very end, this is my witness. This mm. is my witness is that God showed up in my story and we walked it together. I just love that thought of walking with Jesus through all of these moments of your life that he stood beside me. Mm -hmm. And and this is where he stood beside me in Rome. And this is where he stood beside me in Crete. And this is where he stood beside me in the jail in Jerusalem. And this is where he met me on the road to Damascus. And you go through Paul's whole story and you're like, God, it's every one of these yeah. things, every single one became important to this. And maybe it was the moment after three days being blind with Ananias. And maybe it was, you know, you look at like that cute kid who stood in front of my fridge, or you look at Seth waiting three and a half hours on in the middle of nowhere, you know, and, and all these things, these are witness moments. These mm -hmm. are moments when the Lord ministered to someone and they knew, they knew in that moment, all of these put together become that witness, that anchor um, that, that holds someone in. And I just, I love the thought of the power of that. We're and, gonna, why, and why he can say, I believe God. Yeah. Right, because this is what I've seen and this is what I know. Do you want mine or yours? Um, the last place we're going to go to is um, Acts 28. And we love this thought that with Paul, a lot of times his witness is in his words. You love that part when he's like, sirs, <laughs> you should have listened to me. Because I had a witness at the beginning and it's still my same witness now. But sometimes a witness can be without words. And this is where... Uh, the story of Paul ends is with this story. And it's interesting to me because I feel like there's probably through the first, the, all of these stories that we've already talked about, I feel like there's like a part of me that's like, okay, like I do feel like I've been changed by Jesus. Like I feel like I, I cannot hide what Jesus did in me in a corner. Like I am that type of person. But then all of a sudden there's this moment that I'm like, but I don't know if my, like, I don't know, like, how to share my story like that or like maybe you're like sitting there and you're like oh wait like I actually don't know this is a lot of words that we've gone through and they're powerful words and maybe there's just this part of discipleship that you're like wait like I don't know if I want to like stand up like I don't want to say sirs to a whole boat of people and like try to like fix the problem like I don't know how that works and I love that this is how it ends um I think it's just a testament of oh wait like don't worry if your discipleship doesn't look like this like, discipleship actually can look different for every single person because at the end... If you don't have the words, you don't feel eloquent, if you're like, I don't know how to, like, I'm not a good Instagrammer, I'm not yeah. a good, like, speaker. Yeah. And it's just like, oh. Wait. Don't worry. Like, this is still, let me show you that this is still discipleship. Because what happens is the shipwrecks, they get on the island, and then all of a sudden they decide... But they need a fire for obvious reasons. Survival, probably. I don't know. I'm not good at surviving, but it seems like a really good idea. Um, and they all start building this fire. And it's them and a few people on the island that were already there. And they start building all this fire. And to build a fire, you need wood. I'm not, the, I'm not a good survival person, but that adds up for me. And they all start gathering this wood. And they pick it up. And Paul gathers, like, a bunch of sticks. 
And in the sticks, there's like a snake, like a viper that's in the snake. And it comes out and it like bites onto his hand and like clings onto his hand. And what happens, this is the funniest part to me ever, is that they like see it and they like look at him and they're like, oh, he's a murderer. They're like, no way. Like that is, that's too much. Like he must be a bad person. Right? Like it's not even like, oh, he's unlucky. It's like worst case scenario. They're like, nope, he, that is terrible. That's the worst thing we've ever seen. Like he must be. The problem, but then something happens when they well, watch. But isn't that that's the same? Of sometimes I'll see a bad thing happen to me mm. in my life, and the conclusion is like, oh, I'm a bad person, or God's mad at me, or God must not be good, or something like that. Right? We can see like, oh, if something bad happens, we make a conclusion about that. Yeah. Like we could do that super easily. And they do it quick. Right. It's like that's their first instinct is they're like, okay, like something terrible happened. Like you must be the problem. Right. Like something's wrong with you. Right. And then the cutest little line ever is that it just says that they watched and they looked when he should have swollen, when the arm should have been falling apart because the snake bit onto it and everything was falling apart. Um, they just watch. And what happens is nothing. What happens is nothing. He's fine. The snake bites him. He's okay. Falls off. Whatever. He's okay. He's healed. Um, no harm came to him with the snake bite. And all of a sudden, it says that all of the people, they changed their minds. Um, they learned something different about him. Not because of what he said. Not because of his strong story. But simply because they watched what happened in his life. Mm. They watched him live. And all of a sudden they said, wait, 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 you're actually not a murderer. Um, they actually said, it says in, um, this is chapter 28 in Acts, and it says in verse six that, oh, they actually switched from him thinking, them thinking that he was a murderer to them thinking he was a god. Nothing, nothing he said did that. It wasn't his strong testimony. It wasn't his story. It was actually just the way he lived his life. Mm. And maybe with discipleship, we get really like hung up on the words that we need to say or what we need to like tell people and how we need to like what we need to say in our church talk or like what that looks like. When I think this story is evidence of wait, actually, you can change people's minds with the way you live your life. That's it. You don't need to have words. It doesn't need to be eloquent. It literally can just be how you live. That could change someone. And I love that what they saw, like what, what changed their mind is that he was healed, that somehow he was healed. Mm. And don't you want people to see, this is how he's healing me right now. And this is what it looks like to live healed by him. And maybe that watching someone live with Christ or in Christ um, or with Christ standing beside them in their story, that is witness enough that, that people want to say, tell me about the Jesus you know. Yeah, I taught this boy in at, at Lehi, and he, just the year he was leaving on his mission, another kid came up to him, like sometime in that year, and said to him, I've decided that I want to be a missionary, and it's because I watched you. But he said, like, you were different your freshman and sophomore year. And I've been watching you ever since mm. then. And I've seen the way that you've changed. And I see that there's something different 
in you, that same kind of thing. But because it says in there, after a long while that they watched, they saw that nothing, you know, that he was healed, that something different yeah, happened. Yeah, that he didn't and, die. And it's, that, yeah, yeah, but it's just neat that they sat and they watched and, and they saw, you know, in this boy, a change happen. And I, we watched you for several years and I could see that something different came in and that you started to be different. And, and that's what intrigued me about it. But there, but there, there is that, what you were saying, Grace, that was just like, oh, I don't have the words to say, but like, what if someone like watched the way that I lived? And you might see moments in there where just like, oh, snake bite moments, but it's just like, hold on, give it some time and watch, you know, because what, I'm going to slip up even as a disciple of Christ, right? And things are going to go mm. bad, but give it, watch like the whole, <laughs> watch the, watch, watch a little bit longer and see if, if you don't see something else happen. Watch if you don't see healing. Watch if you don't see change. Watch if you don't see hope come in. I, mean, I just think one of the greatest evidences of someone like, why do, you, why, why do you live as a Christian? And it's like, well, the doctrine's good, but like the fruits of it mm. are what convinced me. And the relationship. Right. You know, I would never just... walk away from him. And it's reminding me of that cute boy um, from HXP last year when you had that conversation. Do you know who I'm talking about? No. Um, I want to say his name is Zach, but I'm making that up. Nothing. Well, I, make have, a, I make up names. I can make, yeah. a, I can make up a name. <laughs> that boy, who's, that boy name. whose whole life changed because of that conversation that you had. Um when he was like, I don't really believe and I don't, I'm not feeling mm. anything and I'm not experiencing anything. And then it just took that conversation and his whole life was changed from that moment forward. Well, and it's interesting because you see it there, but also like it, that has been something that I've learned so deeply over the past month is um, I was in Argentina. We were doing like service work. Um, I have been on 17 planes <laughs> over the past month of my life and many boat rides. And I couldn't even tell you how many bus rides that I've spent my days on. You were like, just Paul. Yeah. You just lived the life <laughs> of Paul practically. That was my whole life. And what started happening is when I got there, I had these big expectations of what the miracles were going to be. Like, I don't know, you kind of do that. Like, when you know that you're going to have a good experience, you're like, oh, like, maybe something crazy will happen, da-da-da-da. And, um, and then after about two weeks, I started to think about my favorite moments. And every single one was actually on the way somewhere else. And it was conversations on plane rides. And it was sitting next to someone on a boat ride. And it was walking to, from, like, one location to the next location. And it was um, countless, countless bus rides and sitting next to people over and over and over again. And um, it's funny that, like, those are the most insignificant moments. Like, you would never mm. think that your favorite moment would be on the way to somewhere else. Like, you would always expect that, like, the destination was going to be the greatest part of that experience. And I think what changed me the most was actually the conversations that I had on the way to somewhere else. And it makes me want to think like, oh, that is actually why he was such a good disciple hmm. is because he made every single moment meaningful, even when he was on the way to somewhere else. When he was in that prison, 
like God literally told him, you are on the way to somewhere else. But that was still a meaningful moment to him. And when he was on the boat, he was literally on the way to somewhere else. And he still made that mean, like that moment meaningful. And he did it sometimes through conversations and sometimes through actions. Mm. But it makes me think like, oh, that is actually what it looks like to live a disciple life. Is that even the insignificant moments are meaningful just because the way that you're like living, like even on the way, Jesus can change you. Yeah. Yeah, which is so good. And it makes me think also Paul could have totally on that boat been like, well, I told him. So now everyone's going to get, you know, no one listened to my witness. So now I'm just going to let this play out and see what I know God will save me because I have a work to do. But I love that he like still on the way is like, let's have that conversation again. And let's have that conversation again. And, and I will stand up and witness again. I will enter in again, even though I could have said, I tried to tell you the first time and no one listened, but I love that he's like, but I'll witness again and I'll witness again. And I will witness as many times as it takes to win souls to Christ. That's, that's what I want to do. And sometimes we think that we need to plan discipleship, you know, Mm. and we're like, Oh, I need to sit down with this person and I need to reach out to this person and have like a little meeting. And like, that's what it's going to look like for me to be a disciple. And sometimes that's true, right? And yeah. so, you know, that is true, but, but sometimes it looks like getting bit by a snake and getting on a boat that like you didn't know that like, you didn't want and, to get on yeah. <laughs> that like was not part of the plan at all in fact it was like the opposite of the plan like and ends up where you didn't want to go yeah right yeah and like all of it like oh and in prison i could promise you that when he woke up that morning he did not want to be in prison right that wasn't his plan right but the witness came in jail and the witness came in the shipwreck and the witness came in the snake bite as much as it came in Rome, in Jerusalem, and standing before the, you know, the kings and queens. And his initial witness came on the road to Damascus, right? His whole mm-hmm. life story is one of the God meets you in the way, and I don't believe in a, I told you so God, mm-hmm. right? But the one that I believe in a God who kept reaching out to me, and so that's the witness he shares to everybody else. It's a continual witness because he's like, this is the, this is, this is the God that I've met. One that's just like, I'm going to keep standing up. I'm going to keep coming into your story. I'm going to keep finding you in your places. And, and I love that he's a God who's on the way. Yeah. That's, that's who he is. Jesus is on the way. He's not the destination. He's on the way. So awesome. This is Paul. You see, now you're going to love the rest of the letters because you kind of know like, oh, okay, this is the guy who's writing it. And on all the different places that he went throughout all these journeys and acts, now he's going to write letters to all of these old friends and stuff he made along along the way. (laughs) And this is, and that's what the rest of the New Testament is is going to be, which is fun. Do you want to say anything? Yeah, I want to say, see you next week. And that makes me super <laughs> teary to be like, what am I supposed to say now? See you in five years. Um, but yeah, I do actually want to say something because I really do look at what we have all done, all of us, not just you and me, but all of us in these past years and what it has been for me when I look back and my witness of this is that we got an invitation from a prophet to study scripture together. 
as a community in our homes and with each other. And David and I have talked for years to a phone camera, um, but we walk out in the world and we have so many of you come up and say, my life is so different since Come Follow Me started. And I've learned how to read scripture and how to have these experiences. We've met Jesus together for these last four and a half years and what a sweet experience it is. And my kids say to me all the time, because we'll get stopped places and I know you get stopped places also. Does it bother you when people stop you and take your picture? And I always say, always, no, I love it because I love knowing who we study with and that this is our community and and our goal together and, and what we've done together is come to know Christ together. And we have become witnesses. That's what we have become and what a sweet, sweet experience it's been. And for me with David, to be able to have the type of friend that I can call and just dive into scripture with has been really sweet um, for me. And But also to have a daughter um, who is the same, who loves Jesus and who loves scripture as much as I do. And that's this community. That's all of us. That's who we are together. And, and we'll keep reading and we'll keep studying and we'll keep witnessing. And maybe I'll come back for the book of Philemon because why wouldn't I? Because <laughs> <laughs> it's her favorite. It is. <laughs> it's my favorite. Don't you want me to show up for some of my favorites? That would give me just a little every read. week. <laughs> uh, but it's been good, and I I am so grateful that I get to be behind the scenes and and when I'm not spending time with the young women, which I'm so excited about and I feel so drawn to, and I feel so passionate about um, building that community and those witnesses of Jesus Christ and preparing for the second coming, but to know there is work to do behind the scenes everywhere. And that's where we all are, right? We're all behind the scenes, just building the kingdom and- On the way. Yep, somewhere. and on the way. So. Right? Until everyone looks like this, yep. right? In, in the end. Like this reminds me of that Timothy line, you know, where he's like, I fought a good fight. Yes. Yep, so it's good. Okay. It's going to be good. Off to a new adventure. Yeah. And good. welcome, Grace. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah. It'll be so good. Do this, They'll see good. you next week. Yeah, we'll oh. see you next week. <laughs> Even Saturday. Oh, this audio was taken from a YouTube video from our YouTube channel. You can find us on YouTube at Don't Miss This. Also, sign up for our newsletter at don'tmissthisstudy.com and you can follow us on Instagram at Emily Bell Freeman and at Mr. Dave Butler. Thanks for listening. Bye.